Chapter Six of the Mysteries of Paris, Volume Four by Eugène Sue. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. François and Amandine. François and Amandine slept in a room immediately over the kitchen and at the end of a passage which communicated with several other apartments that were used as company rooms for the guests who frequented the cabaret after having eaten their frugal supper instead of putting out their lantern as the widow had ordered them the two children watched leaving their door ajar for their brother martial's passing on his way to his own chamber placed on a crippled stool the lantern shed its dull beams through the transparent horn walls of plaster with here and there brown deal boards a flock bed for francois a little old child's bed much too short for amandine a pile of broken chairs and dismembered benches mementos of the turbulent visitors to the cabaret of the ile du ravageur such was the interior of this dog-hole amandine seated at the edge of the bed was trying how to dress her head en marmotte with the stolen silk handkerchief the gift of her brother nicolas francois was on his knees holding up a piece of broken glass to his sister who with her head half turned was employed in spreading out the large rosette which she had made in tying the two ends of the kerchief together wonderstruck at this headdress francois for an instant neglected to present the bit of glass in such a way that her face could be reflected in it lift the looking-glass higher said amandine i can't see myself at all now there that's it that'll do hold it so a minute now i've done it well look how have i done my head oh capitally excellently what a handsome rosette you'll make me just such a one for my cravat won't you yes directly but let me walk up and down a little you can go before me backwards holding the glass up just in that way there so i can then see myself as i walk francois then went through this difficult manoeuvre to the great satisfaction of amandine who strutted up and down in all her pride and dignity under the large bow of her head attire very simple and unsophisticated under any other circumstances this coquetry became guilt when displayed in reference to the produce of a robbery of which francois and amandine were not ignorant another proof of the frightful facility with which children however well disposed become corrupted almost imperceptibly when they are continually immersed in a criminal atmosphere then the sole mentor of these unfortunate children their brother martial was by no means irreproachable himself as we have already said incapable it is true of a theft or a murder still he led a vagabond and ill-regulated life undoubtedly his mind revolted at the crimes of his family he loved these two children very fondly and protected them from ill-treatment endeavouring to withdraw them from the pernicious influences of the family but not taking his stand on the foundations of rigorous and sound morality his advice was but an ineffective safeguard to these children they refused to commit certain bad actions not from honest sentiments but in order to obey martial whom they loved and to disobey their mother whom they dreaded and hated as to ideas of right and wrong they had none familiarized as they were with the infamous examples which they had every day under their eyes for as we have said this country cabaret haunted by the refuse of the lowest order was the theatre of most disgraceful orgies and most disgusting debaucheries and martial opposed as he was to thefts and murders appeared perfectly indifferent to these infamous saturnalia it may be supposed therefore that the instincts of morality in these children were doubtful and precarious especially those of francois who had reached that dangerous time of life when the mind pauses and oscillating between good and evil might be in a moment lost or saved 
how well you look in that handkerchief sister said francois it is very pretty when we go to play on the shore by the chalk-burner's lime-kiln you must dress yourself in this manner to make the children jealous who pelt us with stones and call us little guillotines and i shall put on my nice red cravat and we will say to them never mind you haven't such pretty silk handkerchiefs as we have but i say francois said amandine after a moment's reflection if they knew that the handkerchiefs we wear were stolen they would call us little thieves well and what should we care if they did call us little thieves why not at all if it were not true but now since nicolas gave us these handkerchiefs we didn't steal them no but he took them out of a barge and brother martial says no one ought to steal but as nicolas states that is no affair of ours do you think so francois of course i do still it seems to me that i would rather the person who really owns them had given them to us what do you say francois oh it's all one to me they were given to us and so they're ours are you sure of that why yes yes make yourself easy about that so much the better then for we are not doing what brother martial forbids and we have such nice handkerchiefs but amandine if he had known the other day that calabash had made you take the plaid handkerchief from the peddler's pack whilst his back was turned oh francois don't talk about it i have been so very sorry but i was really forced to do it for my sister pinched me until the blood came and looked at me so oh in such a way and yet my heart failed me twice and i thought i never could do it the peddler didn't find it out yet if they had caught me francois i should have been sent to prison but you weren't caught so it's just the same as if you had not stolen do you think so yes and in prison how unhappy we must be on the contrary how do you mean on the contrary why you know the fat cripple who lodges at father micou's the man who buys all nicolas things and keeps a lodging-house in the passage de la brasserie a fat cripple why yes who came here the end of last autumn from father micou with a man who had monkeys and two women ah yes a stout lame man who spent such a deal of money i believe you he paid for everybody don't you recollect the rose on the water when i pulled them and the man with the monkeys brought his organ that they might have music in the boat yes and in the evening the beautiful fireworks they let off francois and the fat cripple was not stingy either he gave me ten sous for myself he drank nothing but our best wine and they had chickens at every meal he spent full eighty francs so much as that francois oh yes how rich he must be not at all what he spent was money he had gained in prison from which he had just come gained all that money in prison yes he said he had seven hundred francs beside and that when that was all gone he should try another good job and if he were taken he didn't care because he should go back to his jolly pals in the stone jug as he said then he wasn't afraid of prison francois on the contrary he told calabash that they were a party of friends and merry-makers all together and that he had never had a better bed and better food than when he was in prison good meat four times a week fire all the winter and a lump of money when he left whilst there are fools of honest workmen who are starving with cold and hunger for want of work 
are you sure he said that francois the stout lame man i heard him for i was rowing him in the punt whilst he told his story to calabash and the two women who said that it was the same thing in the female prisons they had just left but then francois it can't be so bad to steal if people are so well off in prison oh the deuce i don't know here it is only brother martial who says it is wrong to steal perhaps he is wrong never mind if he is francois we ought to believe him for he loves us so much yes he loves us and when he is by there is no fear of our being beaten if he had been here this evening our mother would not have thrashed me so an old beast how savage she is oh how i hate her hate her and how i wish i was grown up that i might pay her back the thumps she gives us especially to you who can't bear them as well as i can oh francois hold your tongue it quite frightens me to hear you say that you would beat mother cried the poor little child weeping and throwing her arms around her brother's neck and kissing him affectionately it's quite true though answered francois extricating himself gently from amandine why are my mother and calabash always so savage to us i do not know replied amandine wiping her eyes with the back of her hand it is perhaps because they sent brother ambroise to the galleys and guillotined our father that they are unjust towards us is that our fault oh no but what would you have ma foi if i am always to have beatings always always at last i should rather steal as they do i should what do i gain by not being a thief ah what would martial say to that ah uh, but for him i should have said yes a long time ago for i am tired of being thumped for ever why this evening my mother was more savage than ever she was like a fury it was pitch dark she didn't say a word and i felt nothing but her clammy hand holding me by the scruff of my neck whilst with the other she beat me and whilst she did so her eyes seemed to glare in the dark poor francois for only having said you saw a dead man's bone by the wood-pile yes a foot that was sticking out of the ground said francois shuddering with fright i am quite sure of it perhaps there was a burying-ground there once perhaps but then why did mother say she'd be the death of me if i said a word about the bone to our brother martial i rather think it is someone who has been killed in a quarrel and that they have buried him there that no one might know anything about it you are right for don't you remember that such a thing did nearly happen once when don't you remember once when m barbillon wounded with a knife that tall man who is so very thin that he showed himself for money oh the walking skeleton as they call him yes and mother came and separated them if she hadn't i think barbillon would have killed the tall thin man did you see how barbillon foamed at the mouth and his eyes seemed ready to start from his head oh he does not mind who he cuts and slashes with his knife he's such a headstrong passionate fellow so young and so wicked francois tortillard is much younger and he would be quite as wicked as he if he were strong enough oh yes he's very very wicked the other day he beat me because i would not play with him he beat you did he then the first time he comes no no francois it was only in jest 
are you sure yes quite sure very well then for if not but i don't know how he manages the scamp but he always has so much money he's so lucky when he came here with the chouette he showed us pieces of gold of twenty francs and didn't he look knowing as he said oh you might have the same if you were not such little muffs muffs yes in slang that means fools simpletons yes to be sure forty francs in gold what a many fine things i could buy with that couldn't you amandine that i could what should you buy let's see said the little girl bending her head and meditating i should first buy brother martial a good thick outside coat that would keep him warm in his boat but for yourself for yourself i should like a crucifixion like those image sellers had on sunday you know under the church porch at asnières yes and now i think of it we must not tell mother or calabash that we went into a church to be sure for she has always forbidden us to go into a church what a pity for church is such a nice place inside isn't it françois yes and what beautiful silver candlesticks and the picture of the holy virgin how kind she looks and did you look at the fine lamps and the handsome cloth on the large table at the bottom when the priest was saying mass with his two friends dressed like himself and who gave him water and wine tell me françois do you remember last year at the fete dieu when we saw from here the little communicants with their white veils pass over the bridge what nice nosegays they had how they sang in a soft tone holding the ribbons of their banners and how the silver lace of their banners shone in the sunshine what a deal of money it must have cost oh how beautiful it was wasn't it françois i believe you and the communicants with their bows of white satin on the arm and their wax candles with red velvet and gold on the part by which they hold them and the little boys had their banners too hadn't they françois ah françois how i was thumped that day for asking our mother why we did not go in the procession like the other children and it was then she forbade us from ever going into a church when we should go into the town or to paris unless it was to rob the poor box or the pockets of the people who were hearing mass calabash said grinning and showing her nasty yellow teeth oh what a bad thing she is oh and as for that they should kill me before i would rob in a church and you too françois there or anywhere what difference does it make when once one has made up one's mind why i don't know but i should be so frightened i could never do it because of the priests no but because of the portrait of the holy virgin who seems so kind and good what consequence is a portrait it won't eat or drink you silly child that's very true but then i really couldn't it is not my fault talking of priests amandine do you remember that day when nicolas gave me two such hard boxes on the ear because he saw me make a bow to the curate who passed on the bank i had seen everybody salute him and so i saluted him i didn't think i was doing anything wrong yes but then you know brother martial said as nicolas did that there was no occasion to salute the priests at this moment françois and amandine heard footsteps in the passage martial was going to his chamber without any mistrust after his conversation with his mother 
believing that nicolas was safely locked up until the next morning seeing a ray of light coming from out the closet in which the children slept martial came into the room they both ran to him and he embraced them affectionately what not in bed yet little gossips no brother we waited until you came that we might see you and wish you good-night said amandine and then we heard you speaking very loud below as if there were a quarrel added François. yes said martial i had some dispute with nicolas but it was nothing besides i am glad to see you awake as i have some good news for you for us brother should you like to go away from here and come with me a long way off oh yes brother yes brother well then in two or three days we shall all three leave the island oh how delightful exclaimed amandine clapping her hands with joy and where shall we go to inquired francois you will see mr inquisitive no matter but where you will learn a good trade which will enable you to earn your living be sure of that then i shan't go fishing with you any more brother no my boy you will be put apprentice to a carpenter or locksmith you are strong and handy and with a good heart and working hard at the end of a year you may already have earned something but you don't seem to like it why what ails you now why brother i come come speak out why i'd rather not leave you but stay with you and fish and mend your nets then go and learn a trade really why to be shut up in a workshop all day is so very dull and then it must be so tiresome to be an apprentice martial shrugged his shoulders so then you would rather be an idler a scamp a vagabond eh said he in a stern voice and then perhaps a thief no brother but i should like to live with you elsewhere as we live here that's all yes that's it eat drink sleep and amuse yourself with fishing like an independent gentleman eh yes i should like it very likely but you must prefer something else you see my poor dear lad that it is quite time i took you away from here for without perceiving it you have become as idle as the rest my mother was right i fear you have vice in you and you amandine shouldn't you like to learn some business oh yes brother i should like very much to learn anything rather than stay here i should dearly like to go with you and francois but what have you got on your head my child inquired martial observing amandine's very fine headdress a handkerchief that nicolas gave me and he gave me one too said francois with an air of pride and where did these handkerchiefs come from i should be very much surprised to learn that nicolas bought them to make you a present of the two children lowered their eyes and made no reply after a second francois said with a resolute air nicolas gave them to us we do not know where they came from do we amandine no no brother replied amandine stammering and turning very red not daring to look martial in the face don't tell lies said martial harshly we don't tell lies replied francois doggedly amandine my child tell the truth said martial mildly well then to tell the whole truth replied amandine timidly these fine handkerchiefs came out of a box of things that nicolas brought in this evening in his boat and which he had stolen i think so brother out of a barge so then francois you lie said martial the boy bent down his head but made no reply 
give me this handkerchief amandine and yours too francois the little girl took off her headdress gave a last look at the large bow which was not untied and gave the handkerchief to martial repressing a sigh of regret francois drew his slowly out of his pocket and then gave it to his brother as his sister had done to-morrow morning he said i will return these handkerchiefs to nicolas you ought not to have taken them children to profit by a robbery is as if one robbed oneself it is a pity those handkerchiefs were so pretty said francois when you have learned a trade and earn money by your work you will buy some as good go to bed my dears it is very late you are not angry brother said amandine timidly no no my love it is not your fault you live with ill-disposed persons and you do as they do unconsciously when you are with honest persons you will do as they do and you'll soon be with such or the devil's in it so now good-night good-night brother martial kissed the children they were now alone what's the matter with you francois you seem very sorrowful said amandine why brother has taken my nice handkerchief and besides didn't you hear what he said what he means to take us with him and put us apprentice and ain't you glad ma foi no would you rather stay here and be beaten every day why if i am beaten i am not made to work i am all day in the boat fishing or playing or waiting on the customers who sometimes give me something as the stout lame man did it is much more amusing than to be from morning till night shut up in a workshop working like a dog but didn't you understand why brother said if we remained here longer we should become evil disposed ah bah that's all one to me since the other children call us already little thieves little guillotines and then to work is too tiresome but here they are always beating us brother they beat us because we listen to martial more than to any one else oh he is so kind to us yes he is kind very kind i don't say he ain't and i am very fond of him no one dares to be unkind to us when he is by he takes us out with him that's true but that's all he never gives us anything why he has nothing what he gains he gives our mother to pay for his eating drinking and lodging nicolas has something you may be sure if we attend to what he and mother say they would not make our lives so uncomfortable but give us pretty things as they did to-day they would not distrust us and we should have money like tortillard but we must steal for that and how that would grieve dear good martial well so much the worse oh francois and then we should be taken up and put into prison to be in a prison or shut up in a workshop all day is the same thing besides the gros boiteux says they amuse themselves very much in prison but how sorry martial would be only think of that and then it is on our account that he returned here and remains with us for himself only he would not have any difficulty but could go again and be a poacher in the woods which he is so very fond of oh if he'll take us with him into the woods said francois that would be better than anything else i should be with him i am so fond of and should not work at any business that would tire me the conversation of francois and amandine was interrupted someone outside double locked their door they have fastened us in said francois oh what can it be for brother what are they going to do to us 
it is martial perhaps listen listen how his dog barks said amandine listening after a few minutes francois added it sounds as if someone were knocking at his door with a hammer perhaps they want to force it open yes but how the dog barks still listen francois it is as if they were nailing something oh dear oh dear how frightened i am what are they doing to our brother and how the dog howls still amandine i hear nothing now said francois going towards the door the two children held their breath and listened anxiously they are coming from my brother's room said francois in a low voice i hear them walking in the passage let us throw ourselves on our beds mother would kill us if she found us out of bed said amandine terrified no said francois still listening they have just passed by our door and are running down the staircase oh dear oh dear what can it be and now they are opening the kitchen door do you think so yes yes i know the sound martial's dog is still howling said amandine listening suddenly she exclaimed francois our brother calls us martial yes don't you hear him don't you hear him now and at this moment in spite of the thickness of the two closed doors the powerful voice of martial who called to the children from his room reached them indeed we can't go to him we are locked in said amandine they must be doing something wrong to him as he calls us oh as to that if i could hinder them exclaimed francois resolutely i would even if they were to cut me to pieces but our brother does not know that they have double locked our door and he will believe that we would not go to his help call out to him that we are locked in francois the lad was going to do as his sister bade him when a violent blow was struck outside the shutter of the window of the room in which the two children were they are coming in by the window to kill us cried amandine and in her fright she threw herself on her bed and hid her head between her hands francois remained motionless although he shared his sister's terror however after the violent blow we have mentioned the shutter was not opened and the most profound silence reigned throughout the house martial had ceased calling to the children a little assured and excited by intense curiosity francois ventured to open the window a little way and tried to look out through the leaves of the blind mind brother said amandine in a low voice and sitting up when she heard francois open the shutter can you see anything she added no the night is too dark don't you hear anything no the wind is too high come in then come in oh now i see something what the light of a lantern which moves backwards and forwards who's carrying it i can only see the light ah she comes nearer she is speaking who listen listen it is calabash what does she say she says the ladder must be fixed securely oh it was then in taking away the high ladder that was placed against our shutter that they made that noise just now i don't hear anything now what have they done with the ladder i can't see it now can you hear anything no francois perhaps they are going to use it to enter our brother martial's room by the window very likely if you could open our window a little more you might see i am afraid only a little bit oh no no 
if mother saw us it is so dark there is no danger francois much against his will did as his sister requested and pushing the shutter back looked out well brother said amandine surmounting her fears and approaching francois on tiptoe by the gleam of the lantern said he i see calabash who is holding the foot of the ladder which is resting against martial's window well nicolas is going up the ladder with his axe in his hand i see it glitter ah you are not in bed then but watching us exclaimed the widow addressing francois and his sister from outside as she was returning to the kitchen she saw the light which escaped through the open window the unfortunate children had neglected putting out the lantern i am coming added the widow in a terrible voice i am coming to you you little spies such were the events which passed in the ile du ravageur on the evening of the day before that on which madame seraphin was to take fleur de marie thither End of chapter six read by celine major